we have uh, Missouri Times' Scott Vaughn on this week's Renew Guru. <laughs> I like that name. Yeah. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director James Owen coming to you live on tape from our palatial studios in downtown Columbia, Missouri. Uh, joining me from the road, sort of, <laughs> safely, yes. Yes. is our is our guest today. Uh, I just introduced him, uh, Scott Fawn uh, with the Missouri Times, Fawn Media. Hey, Scott, how are you? I'm good, James. We had such a good time last, last uh, year. I'm excited to do it again. Yeah, yeah. We had you on about this time last year. We were... Um, so I'll tell you the reason I wanted to have you on today is because I, I haven't had a podcast in a while. We've had a lot going on here at Renew Missouri. We were at the White House a couple of weeks ago. It's been very exciting with the IRA, but we have been also for the past five months working on things at the Missouri legislature. We do um, we, we do uh, lobby as much as the IRS allows a 501c3 to lobby. And it was it's it's been a uh, it's been a session that's been hard for me to communicate uh, to our supporters about precisely what happened because a lot happened, but not a lot oh, man. really got finalized. And so I was kind of hoping that maybe we could talk a little bit about what uh, what the the home was like in the building, what the what the personalities were. And kind of give people a sense of that because we had a lot of bills get filed. Uh, mm -hmm. By my count, we had two thousand two hundred and twenty-three bills that were also included, like you know, naming bridges and things like that. Um, but we only saw about fifty-nine bills, including appropriation bills, get filed. And a lot of people would say, like, well, that seems like you know. Why did that happen that way? So I guess I'd ask you, why do you think it happened that way? <laughs> um, you know, I, I actually think the session was very successful, to be honest. I mean, I guess it all depends on, you know, in your line of work, you look at one specific industry yeah. and see if it was successful. But if you're, if you're looking, if you're stepping back, I, am, I, I always say I, I own everything. I've always been a Republican. Right. Uh, sometimes that's a little easier to be than not. Uh, I've always been kind of a pro-business guy that if you, if you have a good business climate, it seems to help everything else out. But I also believe the state should make smart investments. And, uh, you know, and that's one thing, you know, with this session, you've had four years of, of just chaos and very personal fighting. And uh, this year in the Senate, you, you know, Senator Ander left to, frankly, uh, love him, hate him, whatever. That's kind of your other people's choices to how they decide. But um uh, you know, he, he was a person that did, that did kind of, you know, when he would come in a room, he would get a little upset and everybody else would get a little tense and the tension would rise and it would just, you know, and it was, it was a challenge to get all mapped out. But, um, with him gone, you know, you kind of have basically four senators who wanted to stop some stuff. And, and I, you know, you can look at it one or two ways, right? Uh, either Senate leadership with Cindy O'Loughlin coming in, they had four really normal months. I mean, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably somewhat familiar with the legislative process. James, I know you are. The right. first four months of session were pretty normal. I mean, most things moved along as they, you know, there was a, it was productive. Certainly it wasn't as productive as maybe 10 years ago, but far more productive and normal and less personal and vitriolic than the last four years. Then at the end, I mean, look, here's the thing. You had people who had legislation that frankly did not have enough 
support to pass. And I say support because, you know, the the folks that follow politics, maybe not as much as I do, having 18 votes in the Senate is a worthless thing. I mean, that is, you know, yes, that is what a roll call takes. It's a constitutional majority to pass. But you have to have enough votes to get it to come to the floor and support and support to get it to come to the floor. And and frankly, Senator Bratton had a bill with a landfill that I'll be honest with you, Rick Bratton's a bit of a bomb thrower. Uh, he's 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 not someone that's going to be working on eco devo projects, right? He's going to be your guns and abortion now, uh, folks. And it was gays were in the it was guns, abortion, and gays. And then the gay the gay folks have enough money for the you know you don't want to tick the gays off too much now if you're the Republicans because they're in the corporate world and whatever. Right. So now it's trans people the new or the new. Trans is the new gay in the Missouri General Assembly. Uh, and, and, the, and the other part, the scary part for the trans folks is a two-year-old can buy an Uzi now, right? And uh, right. there's no abortions. So the trans are on, a, on an island. Just There's no else to shoot at, right? And they got, right. they got bullets to fire. And so uh, I thought like Senator Braddon is into that kind of, is into the, the trans stuff. I think something about libraries. So he doesn't make a lot of friends with his colleagues. So he has a bill about right. a local landfill. And they were going to vote it down. Except Mike Searpoy's district borders it, and so it got gummed up. He got a deal. Well, he just basically said, we're not going to pass the budget until I get mine. So he didn't have enough support to pass it, which is the, what's, what the conservative caucus would do. They did not have enough support to pass their legislation. So they would say, nobody gets anything until I get mine. Well, Cindy O'Loughlin put that off for a year, right? Or for four months, I'm sorry. And by right. the end, Senator Eichel had a ta- property tax cut bill. I, I, um, I think I like Bill Eichel. I think if Bill Eichel gets in the executive branch, be a governor or, or a down-ballot office, it would be very good. Because he's an executive. Bill Eichel's a tall guy. He, uh, his high school counselor said, you should be in the legislature with 33 other people. He was a bad counselor. <laughs> but as an executive, he owned his own business. He's going to be very good. His, his demeanor is an executive. He is not a legislator. His idea, he wants to cut taxes, but he doesn't want to cut state taxes anymore. Because I think the dirty secret would be, if you cut state taxes much for him, the court's going to make you put them back to fund schools. Right. Uh, because of the Constitution. So you're going to cut, he wants to cut local taxes. Well, you know, here's the thing local ambulance districts, drainage districts, you get schools, and certainly schools and colleges and community colleges. He wants to cut their taxes. Well, it's almost like, man, you know, run for state Senate. Don't If you want to run on the drainage board, go run for drainage board, right? right. So a lot of consternation kind of came from all whatever. Uh, he's, he didn't have enough support. Denny Hoskins is one that one of the rural jobs bill passed, but he's been holding up sports book, which a lot of folks really want. And yeah. uh, they weren't going to give him anything until he did sports books. So those guys had an, and Mike Moon had an issue. I'll tell you, Mike Moon did some very good legislating on the trans bill. Now, look, I'm, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I think I'm in Rolla. There's not a person in Rolla that doesn't work at that university that right. thinks that, that boys that transition should play girls sports. And I agree. I'm not, I'm not one to sit and play K. I mean, I, 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 I think there's a very good, there's, there's two sides to every argument. I think I personally agree that that, that shouldn't be. I also think 90% of Missourians probably agree with that. Now, that number, in my, my estimation, will go down over time. Just like, you know, that number could have been said, do you like gay people? 90% of them said no until they met one. Then they said, well, right. okay, fine. Then that, should they get married? 80% said no. Then when gay people got married, nobody cared or even noticed. So will the trans issues be the same? There, there's going to be an element of, I know, a, I know one person that's trans, Outside of my work in the Capitol, and and it, I don't actually personally know that is not all. It is not. I don't know what you call these things. I always worry. I'm not. I'm a hillbilly from West Butler County, so maybe I'm not pronounced right. But they're not trans all the time. And good dude. And I once I met a guy, I'm like, well, it's not that big a deal. Before I had been like, oh, it's a little strange. 
Well, that's right. No. I knew a dude. His name's Clyde. How, how weird could have got him Clyde be, right? Uh, so, I mean, it just, it's like everything in the world. Once you're comfortable with it, it's not as big a deal. Right. Uh, so, anyhow, they, Mike Moon did a very good job. And I'll tell you, I, I don't, I don't really care if they have faster trans bill. It doesn't really make me any difference. I, I don't. Uh, I think there's a good argument for not doing the puberty blocker thing, but I'm not a, certainly an expert. I'm no, right. I see, I see both sides and I'm not, I, I see both sides to the point of, well, I don't know. Right. But, um, but they did a deal for four years to ban some of this stuff. And I thought, you know what, you're going to know a lot more, know a lot more today. Than That's what Wash U's problem was. I think they had an evolving situation with this community with trans issues and they didn't know what to do. Right. They didn't know. The the, the 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 medical community was changing its views daily, right? Right. Uh, on on daily, monthly, on what to do, and so I think there was some, you know, any researcher could understand that, but maybe not a uh, county commissioner. I think I'd like to state rep. Maybe that's nice Bailey would understand, but uh, uh, I, I think the four year thing is going to be the intelligent market, in my view. Uh, I think doing a four year, not doing a permanent thing, but a four year sunset, I thought was probably a very good move by Senator Razor. Uh, to say, I cannot win this fight today. My, I will be in a better position for your son, no question, to, to at least compete. And then, then when we're done, uh, at, least have, at least have a legitimate thing. And then by the time we're uh, four years from now, we're going to have more research. There's probably some of these drugs I understand aren't really, wasn't designed for this and haven't been tested on this. But right. in, in four years, there certainly will be. I'm sure there's a lot of research going on right now. And I can tell you, uh, just uh, your listeners will care more than most that I just got to see Judge Paul Wilson. I've got right now. I've got pictures of Kayla Hahn being sworn into the Public Service Commission. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, get get to that for sure. Um, well, I'm going to send you while we're doing this, James. I'm going to send you the picture. You could tweet it first. Yeah. Okay. That'd be great. Yeah. So I mean, so go we- look on yours. Yeah, so you know, so with the with the legislature, and just to remind people, there is a supermajority of Republicans in the Senate and the House. We have a Republican governor. There were issues that passed this this issue about uh, you know transgendered uh, restrictions on treatment and sports. That was in a bill. Uh, that was a big priority for leadership, and you know. But I guess you know one thing that is of of, of interest to me. And is probably of interest to a lot of people. You know, one of the things that leadership in the House and Senate both wanted was to have reform on the initiative petition uh, pass and put on the ballot for next year. That's something that's important to renew Missouri because we passed the renewable energy standard 15 years ago by uh, ballot initiative. But that didn't pass. And, and, you know, to me, it seems like that is a big issue because abortion is going to be on the ballot next year in some form or another and the legislature does not. yeah and yeah and so i mean you know to me like if if that can't pass if ip reform with which has got abortion as as you know something that's looming it seems to me like the the fact they couldn't get that done seems like a failure uh, i'll give no? you my own hillbilly opinion here please uh, please the Folks, I don't want to say Missouri right to life specifically, but the pro-life cause, if you're if you're in politics for the pro-life issue, take Mary Elizabeth Coleman, a very good politician. I, I actually believe is truly as pro-life as she says. Yeah, she's like a unicorn. Most of them are not that pro-life. They don't care that much. <laughs> they didn't run for that. 
That's just something yeah. they use to get elected because it's very popular in 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 their districts. Um, right. If you're if you're in this crew because you the abortion issue is going away now, so if the ballot if it comes back, it, it is a big boost to Republicans to have it, the Republican Party is better off with abortion being fought over than abortion being outlawed. And because I've always felt like people do polls, say 50, 50, 55% of Missourians are pro-choice. I believe mm-hmm. that. But of the people that use as one of their top one to two, three voting issues, 80% pro-life. Uh, yeah. It just, I just, it just pans out that way. Now, the number of people that care more when it's illegal, because, I mean, what's the worst thing any cause can do? Win. Remember when that when Med Mal was up all the time? You couldn't shoot a BB gun through the road without hitting a white coat. Now you can't even get a doctor of the day. They have like a doctor of the month or something. Because when you win, just nobody cares. And right. uh, and they they want that. So I, on IP, though, here's my take. Don't mess with Sam Licklock. There's no future. Um, because he he and just he is a lobbyist for the realtors. They will every once in a while take an initiative petition. He is a kind of a quiet um, – he is kind of a quiet uh, – Godfather, yeah. Yeah, he. Uh, someone said he's like the bear. Like he's like you don't poke the bear, yeah. right? And that's that yeah, Sam Licklider. Ain't, ain't no future messing with Sam Licklider. Don't don't, yeah. don't make that your uh, don't make that your move. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, the realtors were against this. Very powerful, and, I, and I'll just break this down. I mean, James, you guys have had. I always thought Barack Obama. And I always this is always my when I'm talking about things the government did well. I felt like Barack Obama did the right move with solar and battery technologies. Because he, he did private public private partnerships, worked about universities. We put money in something that now we're we're not. I would say with solar, what are we? We're on break even points now, right? It's going to be a profitable thing. But I really think Barack Obama did a great job by investing the money he invested during a tough economic time. He made it a point to invest in some of these technologies, and he did it in a in a way to do public private partnerships. Which I always think is man, I, I think. You know, use your universities and use your public. Look at Mizzou's best stuff. Usually, is a public-private partnership. The Ag School is a is a is a proof of that. Sure. And I think you're getting now to where you're going to have it's going to actually work, and it's going to it's the, the dreams are going to come. But no dream comes without the billions of research you did ten years ago. So anyway, right. I, I think on, on IP, right? You yeah. guys have your own. You have your own lobbying, and it's it's going better. You got this guy in Springfield that's killing it. And it's 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 a it's a group that's on the move. It's on the front foot. Right. Uh, but the realtors, look at this, man. Your state rep in Salem, Missouri. The realtors spend money every week to be known, to be at every chicken dinner and supper. Uh, and realtors are affable people. They're they're almost politicians in their own right, and yep. they're they're good. And, and they they carry stroke. And when Sam Lickletter sends out that dead gum email, they call their reps and they know who they are. And it's just a they're very good and they spend big money. And you don't want to mess with them. And uh, if you ask the legislature, do you want IP reform? 80% is going to say yes, right? Even a lot of Democrats. But then you have to do the, 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 the government. The politics is who want IP reform? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The governing is, okay, what, what are we going to change it to? Then the knives come, right? Right. So that's sort of the thing is everybody wants IP reform. And I, I think, you know, was yours a statutory or a constitutional? It was a statutory. See, here's the thing that even if the most staunchly anti-IP reform people, I understand not wanting to change it for your own your own interest. But as far as just an intellectual discussion, I, I, I don't have a lot of understanding for how you could say, well, a statutory and a constitutional change should be the same the same margin of victory. Mm-hmm. One is far more impactful than the other. So I, I, I had a Rizzo, who I think is the state is going to so miss J- John Rizzo. I mean, you're. 
there's nobody serving right now more important to the state of Missouri than John Rezo anywhere, Governor Parson included. Um, an idea that if, if the public, a statute can be changed by the legislature, like puppy mills, right? Puppy mills was passed by the folks. So the legislature came in and said, nah, and they yeah. never did it. Make that, make that a, a super majority to pass, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna change a statute passed by the statute the voters through the statutory process, and then bump up the the constitutional one, and I, I I think that look your your thing got done on the ballot as a statutory change. Nobody's messed with it significantly, right? No. You'd, right. Have to, you'd have to break the Senate filibuster and, and to take a lot of support to do that. And you know what? If they did have enough support to change it, well, maybe you know the, the public knows what they want, and, and not just yours but anyone. So I, mm-hmm. I'm a believer the constitutional thing should be should be harder to do just because how can what logic is it that this that the two different things with very different ramifications take the same amount of support to pass? I also think there's a major problem with the, the way IP is done now. You don't have to come to Rolla to get signatures. Let's be honest. You have to get six of the eight district, congressional districts. Right. Right? Nobody right. goes to Grant City. Nobody goes to Clark County. Nobody goes to a diner where they're all Scottish have those great mustaches. Nobody. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, bud. You go down Dexter and you ask an old boy walking out of Hickory Log to sign your to, to give the government his address and put his name on something. Shoot, good luck with that. So <laughs> I I don't I think they should have to do that. Uh, Jeff Rowe told me back it's been a while it's been before COVID. It was like one point one to get something on the ballot. I mean, generally if you pay, oh yeah, signature gatherers, yeah. people in the cities will just sign those things. You go yeah. to Sewer Farmers Market, they all sign them. Yeah. I'm like, I always tell them, look, I said, I'm white trash. Also, I vote in a congressional district you don't want, and they don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, trust me, not being, or I'll write John, <laughs> sometimes I write John Lamping in. I think that's funny. Um, but no, I mean, I think IP reform should happen. I, I just think the problem is, what is it? How do you get there? Uh, yeah. I also think it'd be very fair, very fair to put a, a protection, a higher a premium on a, on a bill passed by the voters with a statutorial issue. I think that would be a very logical, fair thing. So if you're going to make the constitutional change harder, we'll make it hard for the legislature to mess with a statutory change put in, enacted by the voters. So I think it's going to be an issue. If you could, if, if, again, if it was just a resolution to support IP reform, it gets tons of Democrats and all the Republicans. But then when you got to pick what you're going to change it to, yeah. uh, Missouri Right to Life had this thing about counties and it was just complicated. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like that. It's like that. Uh, what's that uh, type of voting? Ranked choice voting. Right. I went and had this whole big presentation done for me, and I'm like, "Look, I, you know, you all are very highly intelligent political professionals. I'm just a simple white dress, Westboro County hillbilly. This looks way too complicated for me to understand." I was like, "In Georgia, we all kind of learned about Georgia's process because they had some a Senate race that kind of determined the majority of yeah. the Senate uh, in their right. runoff process. So I got to kind of learn about Georgia. So in Georgia, you show up at the primary, you vote for somebody, right? Whoever you want." Then right. the top two people go to November, and then you vote for somebody. So right. you're still voting for one person. And I, I, I understand. You know, it's a very European thing to think we're all high minded. Want to sit on a hill like the Athenian Senate debate issues. Most folks leaving the sawmill, if they have time, and there's no line, and the kids aren't screaming, and and dinner's not ready yet, will vote. Yeah, they don't want to do a carry the two and all this other crap. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants that. In the St. Louis city, man, I, I like letting cities do things their own way. I actually believe in local control. So the city likes it. Well, maybe we can look it out and maybe they do it a little while and see if that's good. But I don't know. I, I'm, I think stuff like that is, uh, is, is problematic. Next year, you'll see a big debate on, on IP reform, as you probably will going forward. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I think the state is going to make it without IP reform. I do think there's something to be said for having uh, voters want things like pot. They get pot. Huh? Um, and I when, like having my son wave in the background. He was all for it. He was uh, worries me a little bit. You're uh, from so, the Scobie, son. So you, <laughs> so you think you think it would have pa- you think IP reform would have passed if it had gone on the ballot? No, God, no. I don't. I don't I think, think the realtors so were kill it. I think it was all a big a big spring training game. I, I think it didn't yeah. matter a lick. Uh, I, I I do I do think if they would have passed something, that would have been the starting point for negotiations going forward. Uh, so that that's the only value that it had. But no, the realtors were going to gutter stomp this thing. Oh even yeah. If, and I assume they would have allies like you. I mean, if you've been successful with the process, I think you're predisposed to want to keep it. So no, I think yeah. it would have got gutter stomped. My, my, I, I never really lobbied against it. Uh, you know, I've been doing this job for about six years now. I've never gone down and lobbied against it because I didn't really think my group coming down to lobby against it would be all that helpful. Um, I always believe yeah. that our, our usefulness would have been at a, at a ballot level uh, to fight. Well, and then, you know, maybe you go buy Sam Licklight or a new pair of shoes or something. Maybe a bow tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I was having dinner with the, the house sponsor. And I was like, you're gonna get struck up with a with a, with a noose made out of bow ties. You have no chance. <laughs> and he's like, "No, no." I said, "You know what, Mike? I love you to death. I, I don't care. You what you, but you're gonna. You got no chance, buddy. If he don't get you in this building, he's gonna get you the ballot box." Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so, you know, I mean, that was just one thing I I looked at the legislative process. And I thought, well, that seemed like that was something. I mean, your 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 insight on that is is interesting, certainly. Uh, but it was certainly something I looked at and said, well, I wonder. You know, it's it's hard to say. You know, to me, whether they were successful or not, if that didn't pass. But um, yeah, and I mean, but the other thing I, I noticed was interesting, and this is kind of more on the House side. I know we pay a lot of attention to the Senate because a lot, you know, there's a lot of deliberation in the Senate. But you know, with the House this year, with the House Speaker, you know, he was pretty adamant about making sure that process on that side of the building was pretty slow. Wanting you know committees to only have voted out a couple of bills by spring break. So there seemed like there was an effort to be more deliberative there. And I kind of wondered, do you think that slowed things down? You know, the, every speaker that's ever lived has been frustrated with the pace of the Senate, right? Every right. time ever. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're a speaker not frustrated with the pace of the Senate, you don't get it. Um, you know, and vice versa. The Senate's a frustrating place. I remember the joke that Eric Schmidt used to tell that he said Tim Jones came to his office and he was upset. He's like, oh, my God, uh, we've got all these priorities. And, and Eric's like, yeah, they're really weird. You've got, you know, the gold standard and Agenda 21. It's all strange. And <laughs> and, and, and it, Eric's joke with Tim said, well, you, you haven't walked a mile in my shoes. And uh, and um Eric said, Mr. Speaker, I haven't worn shoes your size since I was in fourth grade. <laughs> and that's a short joke about Tim, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he told that, in a, he told that in a roast, a Lewis and Clark roast where Tim was at. So it was, I, you know, thought it was even funnier, but uh, look, I mean, yeah, that, did it slow it down more? Maybe, but it, look at the house is going to say, if you don't pass our bills without passing your bills, then what's the matter? I, I thought there's two things I thought was very, there's three changes. Cindy O'Laughlin is a business woman. You know, a lot of times, frankly, you'll see a guy that owns a business and his wife works, does the books for a little bit. No, no, no. Daniel Laughlin was in that business with her husband running that company. 
Right. Uh, she got rid of that morning 10 a.m. session of the Senate, which was idiotic. Just a bunch of everybody's whining. Every morning at 10 a.m., the senators whined about the stuff from last night. It, it was worthless. It was a waste of time. It never started on time. It had the entire morning. So this businesswoman says, I'm the floor leader. We're coming at one. Do your committees before. We're not going to do this. Nothing ever passed at 10 a.m. It was worthless. Now, obviously Thursday, but it was worthless the other three days. Um, so that was great. I thought that was it. And also, when the Senate would grind down, the, the, the general thought, since Charlie Shields used to run everybody hard, was, you know what? You're going to have to do it till one or two in the morning, whatever. Right. When the Senate would get bound up, uh, even lately, now, the shots didn't make him, and Caleb didn't make him go to one or two, but they'd go to 10. They would say a bunch of mean stuff, hurtful things, and make everybody hate each other. And that would be that, right? Well, right. Cindy just said, when it ground up, we're going to adjourn. And I and, and people said, oh, she just wants to go home. She had a reputation for going home early once. Well, you know what? The truth is, that worked. There was no reason to say, if, if you were done, if you couldn't move on, don't just sit and grind the gears. Let the bill over. And, 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 and be done mm-hmm. and, and come back at it later. And I thought the trans bill was a good example, whether you like the issue or with the bill or whatever. And I, and I respect everyone's passion on all sides of that. Now, now I will tell you this, the Democrats were wise not to filibuster the athlete bill. I, I don't, uh, that's a different kettle of fish in my opinion, as far as what the public views it as. And as far as what the legislature viewed it as that was going to happen and it was not worth the PQ. And it was just, you know, but on the other stuff, I firmly believe it's a, um, uh, she stopped, the, she just stopped. When they would get ground down, she would just stop. And I think that actually was a good move. And I think it, it provided more context. But no, the speaker holding stuff up, good. I mean, that's what he's got to do. The only way they're going to take him seriously if he does that. And, um, you know, some things didn't happen. And I, 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 I get it. The frustration, if, you, if you're not frustrated with the Senate, if the Senate's not doing his job. The only thing worse for the people here in Rolla than the Senate getting stopped is the Senate not getting stopped. Well, that is yeah. way worse. And look, you know, I mean, we didn't, I mean, there were no energy or utility related bills that passed this year. Um, and you can, are I can you, you upset about that? How, 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 how do you feel about that, Dan? Well, there, there's <laughs> one, okay. So what's relevant when you talk about <laughs> Senator Eigel and the last day with the filibuster, um, the one thing we wanted, the one thing that like a lot of solar people wanted to see pass was like a fix to uh, a property tax issue. And that was a bill that was in uh, a bill that Senator Curtis Trent was going to introduce and get done on the last day. Oh, that is that the bill that was the last one? That That's the bill. Told? So the story that I that I've heard from everyone is obviously they're not going to do Eagle's property tax thing, and every right. and like thirty people, thirty senators know this, but the <laughs> four don't know this, and for whatever reason they wander over to Eagle. And, so, and a staff person tells him, look, we're not going to be able, there's no way to get to that and do it. You, 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 it's going to be a filibuster. And they did it while they were on Curtis, poor Curtis Trent's bill. Yeah. And that's when the Senate stopped. Dang. Yeah, it was, it was a bill that, yes. and it also had some, it also had some other tax stuff for co-ops and we were okay with that. It was like a sales tax exemption on yeah. electric generation. And we had a thing on there fixing some solar tax stuff. We would have liked to have seen that pass. It didn't get passed. Uh, you know, it is one of those things that we're going to have to deal with, but it was interesting to me that that was the bill <laughs> that you know, caused the last day to fall apart. <laughs> you know, James, you should have set up in the gallery and tackled that guy that went and talked to Bill and held him down for about five more minutes. And then you'd have been good. <laughs> uh, and that's just unlucky. There's nothing you could do about that. That's just bad luck when that guy went and talked to that guy. It, who, it, who knows at what point Bill would have just been would have just smoked it on his own, but it's just the the, the unlucky uh, part of the calendar where everything stopped at. 
But yeah. I mean, I don't think, I think that bill that you've got negotiated and done is, um, is a very likely one to pass next year uh, or earlier on. You know, yeah. you, you, the problem you've got is Sportsbook has now been freed. I wrote, I mean, everybody thought they lost. I think Sportsbook won session because now Clark Hunt and Bill DeWitt don't have to come to Jeff City anymore. They're just going to go to the ballot. So that's yeah. kind of off the table. There'll still be the annual killing of the VLT bill. Uh, it's almost like a turkey at the White House. Um, you'll have a landfill thing. And I'll tell you this. Uh, Rick Bradman on the floor, Senator Blatton, and basically accused three senators of being corrupt and, and just being lobbyist stooges. And let me just tell you this. If if you shot every senator that did a lobbyist favor on the floor of the Senate, you wouldn't have a quorum. Right. I don't know that you'd have anyone. And I also think the folks at MATA don't really want folks going and yelling about people that might have politically expedient opinions. Right. So uh, that was uncalled for. Right? And Unless he apologizes to them, I don't think that landfill bill. But unless Senator Searpoint carries, if he carries a landfill bill, sure, it would have, if he'd have carried it last year, it would have passed. And, you know, it would have been like, well, if that means that much to me, who cares? But um, right. if he carries the bill and he and he doesn't go and apologize to those senators, and I, and I you know, Senator Coleman, I think he's going to make him do it publicly. She, she's got a backbone people don't quite always appreciate. Yeah. But, um, but I'll tell you, I think, and you know what? Rick Bratton is a good dude. If you talk to him personally, he is a good, he believes a lot of his stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would say cooling down, he, he probably, I don't think he's going to go and just do a full throat. I'm so sorry. But I, I think Rick Bratton's a man. He's a man's man. I think he's going to go and say some of the effect that maybe got a little heated. That's my. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that is a really complicated, tricky subject. And I, I do wonder, you talk about next year and you mentioned something about Bill Eigel being executive. Bill Eigel is running for governor. And uh, what is now a three-way primary between him, him and Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe and Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. I mean, I kind of wonder, I mean, I mean, I keep asking Republicans this. I, I, I talk to a lot of Republicans. And I mean, I just look at sheer name recognition. And it's hard for me to imagine being a guy from near Springfield that John Ashcroft, I mean, now that he's going by John J. Ashcroft on the ballot, that that doesn't. You think that was a mistake? I think you might have picked that. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I just had to think like if I'm a Republican primary voter in Greene County where there's more Republican primary voters than anywhere else in the state, they're going to vote for him and his family. And it doesn't even seem like it's going to be really close to me. But I know I'm in a kind of a minority opinion about that. I write a tip sheet. Your readers should go read the MissouriTimes.com. In fact, I got another one coming out uh, probably next week. Uh, about these races. And, and the fact of the matter is, John Ashcroft, Jay Ashcroft, whatever, really, let's be honest, John Ashcroft's son starts off with an enormous lead. Yeah, uh, It's all name ID. It, it could go, you know, either way. Uh, he, he could, he is, uh, he's, Jay Ashcroft is probably not the campaigner Kehoe or Eigel is. Right. Uh, Eigel's a great campaigner to the base. He's the, I think Eigel's ran the best campaign of anyone. I think there's a lot of folks that thought Mike Kehoe would be Chris Coster 2.0. He would try to be above the fray. And we are not in above the fray times. We are in the get in the dead gum gutter and throw times. Right. And uh, Mike Keogh's first ad, attacking Jay Ashcroft on foreign owned land, which was an incredibly dishonest ad. No truth to it whatsoever. Very good ad. Did more for his campaign than anything amongst people because he got people fired up. I do think Mike Keogh is a real statesman. Maybe the, when I just, he just looks like a statesman. He just walks in a room. You're like, that guy's a big deal. That guy, that guy, is, he looks like John Dutton. 
right? But the fact of the matter is, this is not an age for statesman-like campaign. This is an age for getting the gutter and throw. And I think he showed he's going to get in the gutter and throw. And I think it it put a bunch of spirit and life in his campaign. Mike Keogh throwing it down and saying, you know what? I'm in this to win. This is not a vanity project. This is not, I deserve this because I'm the best qualified person. This is not going to win. And it's done a lot for his campaign. Uh, Jay Ashcroft's campaign has got to raise money. He's got to raise money. There's no other way they're behind on that. Yeah. Uh, Well, Philly and Ketchmark came in and raised him a million dollars, million and a half, I think, in about, I don't know, six weeks. It was incredible. Jay had about a quarter million, maybe 300,000 left over from his Secretary of State race. He's never really had a race. Um, The Democrats don't really compete in those anymore. And nobody ran a primary against him. And so, uh-huh. um, and then he, then he's last cycle, last, last time he raised $1,100. That, that's 1100 not yeah. 1100000 1100 It's not um, very much. <laughs> and so it, obviously he just didn't want to do it, which is a, his, his team will say, well, he didn't focus on fundraising. We were the secretary of state. Uh, there was no election. You, 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 you know, it, it shows a candidate doesn't like it, right? That's what it shows to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Mike Keogh, he hits him, and there's the thing. I mean, people talk about Trump, and I, you know, I never know the audience. Your audience is a very, is a far more diverse audience than every, than anybody realizes. Like if you just yeah. talk about soul, people think it's like a bunch of hippies smoking pot. But also, the, also the people that sell pot, you think it's a bunch of hippies smoking pot. But there's a whole <laughs> yeah. lot of solar guys and a whole lot of pot guys that are in suits. They're selling solar because it makes money. They're and selling pot because it makes money. Yeah, exactly, and they, yeah. they're they're in a, they're business guys in this, but but um. But the truth is, you know, Trump's Trump's appeal is very strong in this state. Trump does not overperform in the German German uh, Catholic Central Missouri. He does not overperform in the very bad to Springfield. He overperforms in Eastern Jackson County, the Boot Hill, Jeffco, South County. That's he true. Wildly overperforms right. because your your blue collar guy that doesn't mind when a guy says shit, that guy, and he kind of likes it because that's how he talks. That yeah. guy, uh, that guy like Trump, and I think Mike Keel. Tell me who? I mean, Mike Keel is the youngest of five. Dad left when he was three. You talk about bootstraps. He pulled himself up and was the youngest Ford dealer in the country. I mean, Mike Keogh can he he ha, he actually had the resume to beat Trump. And Trump's not conservative. You think Trump's conservative? He doesn't. He just whatever he needs to do that day. He reaches people. Right? Yeah, that's Who right. Trump, <laughs> let me just say, if you believe Donald Trump is pro-life, I have a beautiful oceanfront spread in West Butler County. Yeah. You'd, you'd love, and I'll sell it cheap. Uh, I mean, but he knew what he needed to do, right? Mike Keogh right. stylistically is not Trump. He just didn't. He's more serious. But he could be Trump. And, and the way to be Trump is you've got to man up and you've got to attack. Jay Ashcroft, like anyone in politics, right? Your best, your best positive can be spun into your best negative if you're good enough. Right. And you almost have to do that here. You have to say, yeah. hey, this is not a job for a daddy's boy. You know, right. I think Mike Keogh's line about, he, I don't know if it's his line. The line I heard somebody say is, you know, Mike Keogh's daddy didn't give him a job, didn't give him anything. And the people in Missouri shouldn't give John Ashcroft's kid this job. Too big a deal. And so, I mean, just, there's a lot of hay can be made. A lot of Trumpian tactics can be used. And so I would, I just thought this, I, you know, if you would let me predict this six months ago, I said, listen, Mike Keogh's a great man, a great man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Bill Eigel's going to do a Phil Donnelly from your neck of the woods down in Cleed County and become governor oh. of the state. Right. And I say that because I, I'm a history person, and that doesn't happen that often. Times are changing. Bill Eichel is a very talented campaigner. Uh, I still think a lot of money people are thinking he's going to drop to a down ballot race. They want to write him a check then. So if he is in, we'll have to reassess it. But I think, you know, until he gets, until he can raise money in this race, significant large money, 
um, he's going to be in a tough spot. I think the significant large money that Mike consider giving him is waiting to see if he bails out on the race. So mm-hmm. that's going to be an interesting tendency. He plays that. Uh, but Jay Ashcroft's got to figure out how to raise money. Mike Eo obviously can raise money. Hell, I mean, if you're a businessman, you love him. You want him to be president. He's just a great guy. Um, and he works and he knows how to do it. And he's he's just, he's Mike Kehoe. But Mike Kehoe's going to have to have that campaign on getting the gutter and hit. It looks like they're ready to do it. And if he does, this could be a close race. And Mike Kehoe's going to turn the name Ashcroft from his biggest strength to biggest liability. And I think in this era, what institution do people like anymore? Hell, I don't, I don't even know. So I don't know. I think it's, I think it's it's doable. I guess I'm not saying the J.S. Ross out of the primary is. I'm saying this race is more doable than I thought it was six months ago for Mike Keogh. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I just, I kind of look at just, I mean, I feel like, I, like I'm too complicated when I look at politics, so I've started, like, trying to make it simpler, and I'm just like, well, yeah. that seems like that's simpler to me. But it's, you, it is. You, you, you make a good point. And I know you're on the road. I think I could talk to you about all the other down-ballot races and about presidential politics in Missouri, but before I let you go, I, I you mentioned this. You want me to give you 60 seconds on them? Pardon? You want me to give you 60 seconds on them? Yeah, go ahead. In the state of Missouri, Donald Trump is wildly popular by Republicans. If they let him vote in a caucus or in a primary or however, Donald Trump's loved in Missouri. And I get it. I get the people. guys. there's a lot of stuff Trump does I think is very bad for this, for this country and for our society, frankly. Mm-hmm. But in Missouri, folks love him. And, and, and test that however you want to test it. Show me any poll, I'll say it's wrong. Uh, uh, for Lieutenant Governor, uh, going to be interesting. I think, you know, if Bob Bonner gets in, it'll be super interesting. But Dean Plocker and Holly Rader, uh, Dean Plocker is the most pro-rule Missouri person we have in the entire legislature. He's from the, you can tell he's from the country part of town and country, but he's from the richest area. <laughs> he, he loves yeah. rural Missouri. He's been their best friend. Holly Rader's going to have money. She's a great, great campaigner. That's going to be a hell of a race. Uh, you know, Secretary of State, that that is too plumb of a job for not to have big contenders in it. Denny Hoskins, I'm going to go over Tuesday. I think he's going to announce. Then um, the next night, uh, then you have Caleb Brown looking at that. But pro tems and speakers rarely run. Be real anomalously, both of them run at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the treasurer, Vivek Malik, and Cody Smith. Look, there's going to be people hit Vivek Malik over not being a white Baptist from Southern Missouri. Right. And he's going to raise a lot of money. That that um, Indian American crew can raise money. They're showing it. It's not theoretical. It's real. And so I think there's a very good chance. I think Vivek wins that, honestly. But that would be a spirited race. What do you think? You didn't mention Lincoln Huff anywhere in there. He's from my neck of the woods. Look, I, nobody was bigger on the Lincoln Huff should run statewide bandwagon than me. Yeah. I just think at the end of the day, he's got two young boys, and it's not it's not the right time for him personally. And what about but Attorney General? Does, yeah. Do you think Andrew That's going to be the biggest, the biggest race in this state. Uh, you, you've got Will Sharp. Great guy. Brilliant guy. Funded almost exclusively by outside of Missouri interest versus yeah. Andrew Bailey, the local war hero funded by Missouri interest. Yeah. Uh, will Missourians just let someone come out state and buy that? Uh, if they, I mean, I'm not a big carpetbagger fan. If you have a carpetbagger, Will Sharp's the best you could have. He's a great yeah. guy, smart dude, but I mean, he's going to care about your national issue stuff. Andrew's probably going to care about like, you know, Andrew County or McDonald, or, you know, Montgomery County where he's from. So uh, can Andrew get in that? He, he's trying to do that Holly Schmidt thing where he uses the national issue to churn, see if he can make it happen. Yeah, it's just interesting. And Democrats are probably out. There's love no Crystal chance, Quaid. right? I love the fact she's running. I think it's good for the party. I think it's a, it's a good for her. 
And I think she's going to be a state senator because this she's running for governor. Yeah. I think it's a point of pride for folks in Springfield to have a gubernatorial nominee. I think she'll be a better campaigner after it. I, I am very bullish. It, to the extent I'm bullish on the Democratic Party, period. I'm bullish on Crystal Quay. Yeah, I'm I'm a founding member of the Crystal Quay fan club, so I just felt I had to. Brother, <laughs> with you on that. Yeah. Um, Scott Fawn, what can what can you pitch? Like you talked about your tip sheet. Can people sign up for that? Yeah, you subscribe. Uh, MissouriTimes.com. Uh, Missouri we'll, we'll get you a print subscription. We'll get you all. We kind of send that a bunch of our, our our net stuff and try to keep you updated through your email, text, what have you. Uh, people can do premium subscription for organizations like Renew Missouri can subscribe at a premium level. We'll send you text alerts, a daily email. Oh, Anytime okay. something goes down, we'll let you know. We'll invite you to the exclusive subscriber-only events. And then uh, what I'd love to ask of your folks is engage with us on social media. That's something that means yeah. a lot to me. I'm at Scott Fawn, at the Missouri Times, at This Week in Missouri Politics. Love having you when you have time to make the show. Very grateful. Yeah. And uh, anytime that, you, that you're free and you can come on, we, we're in. So uh, as, as, we, uh, as we move forward, uh, please uh, interact with us. Let us know if you think something's wrong, right? I'm easy, 573-429-5770. I'm slow on email. I'm slow on social media, but I'm fast on text. Anything mm -hmm. we're doing that we're missing or you think we could do better, I, I, I ask humbly. You take a minute out of your day and let me know. And I, I love the feedback and I'm grateful. Yeah, well, I appreciate your insight. I appreciate what you're able to provide as far as educating people about politics in Missouri. So thank you for being on here and talking with us. I, and can, can, we, can I let Gussie tell everybody bye one time? Yeah. Bye, bye Gussie. Bye. Goodbye. And goodbye to all of you. Thank you for listening. Go subscribe to go uh, go uh, like us on your on any uh, podcast platform. Leave a review. Thank you again. This is Renewed Gurus with Scott Vaughn and your host James Owen. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. No cards. No cards. Yeah. <laughs>